0: It's Thursday. Do you know where your robots are? Well, some of them are right here on episode 212 of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am your host, writer-producer Derek M. Cook, and we're opening up this show with the song Binary Beach from the band The Tsunami Bots. It's from their EP Surfing Craze in the Robotic Age. You can find them over at tsunamibots.com or Facebook or Bandcamp. Wherever you find them, let them know that you heard about them on Monster Kid Radio. You're going to hear the song in its entirety at the end of this episode, which is all about robots from classic monster movies. A couple of days ago, we had monster maker Mitch Gonzalez. Say that three times fast. Monster maker Mitch Gonzalez on the show to talk about his work on the latest movie from Christopher R. Danny Johnson saves the world. Of course, we veered a little off topic and talked a little bit about some of his work in other MIM movies, but this week is all about the robots, partly because he made a robot for Danny Johnson saves the world. And because in this episode, we're going to talk about our respective top three favorite robots from classic genre cinema. He goes a little outside the box. I pulled something out that I don't think he was expecting. It's a fun conversation. So we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Monster Kid radio crash. I've mentioned it in the last episode, but I wanted to mention it here again. For anybody who missed it last time around, there is a local movie showing here in the Portland area on June 30th. That's Tuesday, and we're going to crash it. We're going to talk about that after we talk with Mitch Gonzalez about some classic monster movie robots right after this.
1: Gentlemen, you are now inside a time machine. We're about to take you 120 years into the future.
2: Ten, nine, eight,
1: seven, six, five, 4. In three, three seconds, you will be projected into the year 2087. The incredible becomes real as the time curtain is torn away to reveal the 21st century to your startled eyes in... Cyborg 2087.
2: You are an agent from the world of the future. Yes. The whole thing's insane. Cyborgs, time capsules. Doctor. It's incredible. But true, Dr. Zellin. This hand has the strength of five, like
1: this. cyborg. Half human, half machine. Programmed to kill. Incredible, you say? Impossible, you think? Who knows what lies ahead? You could find out when you enter the fantastic world of Cyborg.
0: Just three years ago, the Joy Cinema and Pub in Tigard, Oregon stood on the brink of closing down for good. With 35mm film going away, the only option for survival was to make the expensive conversion to digital projection. Now, while many theater owners saw only the expense, the team at the Joy saw the possibilities. They saw that the Joy needed passion and personality, and they believed that couples and families should be able to see a movie without spending a fortune. Today, the Joy is a viable business once again and a vital part of life in the Tigered and podcasting community. But now, with a significant increase in rent looming, the team at The Joy is turning to the community to help pay off digital projection and opening costs once and for all. We all know that asking for contributions isn't easy. The Joy's owners have been paying down these costs since opening, but becoming debt-free is the one way The Joy is sure to stay in business for years to come. With this campaign and with your help, the Joy Cinema hopes to raise $50,000. The Joy Cinema and Pub and Tigard, Oregon is important to me, Derek M. Cook, because the man who runs the show there, Jeff Punkrock Martin, loves the kinds of movies that I love. So much so that he's always bringing in classic and sometimes not so classic monster movies. Of all the theaters that I've gone to for a Monster Kid Radio crash, the Joy Cinema is the one that we've gone to the most. Jeff has asked me to introduce several films there in the past. Every time I go, even if I'm not getting up on stage and talking about the movie that we're about to watch, I always have a really good time. And I'm not just talking about watching the movie. I'm talking about the entire movie movie-going experience, up to and including chatting with Jeff before the film or maybe even sneaking out to refill at the concession stand and talking to him a little bit more about whatever movie we're watching, whatever monster movie posters he has on the wall, whatever. Jeff's a good guy. The Joy Cinema's a great theater, and I want to see it succeed. The Indiegogo campaign ends next month. There are several amazing rewards available for contributing to the Indiegogo campaign, starting with a heartfelt thanks and ending ...with what they're calling The Lifer, a lifetime pass for free admission. Now, I know that people who listen to this podcast aren't necessarily in the Tigard, Oregon area. So, you might be asking yourself, what's in it for you? Well, one, you get to help an amazing local business keep running and fighting the good fight and showing monster movies on a regular basis. And depending on what podcast you're listening to right now, 1951 Down Place is the Hammer Films podcast I co produce with Casey Criswell and Scott Morris... The Joy has shown some Hammer films during their Weird Wednesday series. If you're listening to this on the Mimiverse Monthly, well, The Joy Cinema has screened The Giant Spider. In fact, The Giant Spider had its Pacific Northwest premiere at The Joy. And I'm talking with Jeff about bringing in some other Christopher R. Mim movies in the future. The bottom line is this. The Joy Cinema, they're one of the good guys. They could use our help. You can learn about them at their website at thejoycinema.com or go to indiegogo.com and just do a search for Joy Cinema.
1: With the swiftness of a deadly cosmic ray, the Earth is invaded by indestructible moon monsters. Their ghastly mission, Death for All Humans... Astounding technical developments are being made to protect mankind. Robot Monster brings you an actual preview of the devastating forces of our future. Unsuspected revelations of incredible horrors that will terrify you with their brutal reality.
2: There is no escape from me. Fool humans, there is no escape.
0: Let's get back to monsters. Let's talk monsters. Okay. And let's talk robots specifically. Sounds good. There are some amazing robots in these classic monster movies that we love so much. And I thought it'd be fun, since Danny Johnson Saves the Worlds just came out and you designed the robot in that, I thought it'd be fun to have you on the show and talk about some of our favorite robots from these classic monster movies. I thought we'd do like a top three list. I've, I've been enjoying doing the list shows, so... You've got your top three. I've got my top three. We've got some honorable mentions because we just can't narrow it down to three. But I thought it'd be fun to do that. You ready to dive into our list? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to let... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go first because that way, the way it works out, you get to go last and you're the guest. So we'll end on yours. Okay. So for me, now I look at a lot of these classic monster movies and you know this was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. This was tough for me until I realized that I really love the movie King Kong Escapes. So my number three is Mechanic Kong.
2: King Kong. Mammoth. Behemoth. Goliath.
1: King Kong escapes and meets his greatest foe, the Kong of Steel. A gargantuan duel unmatched by any battle in history.
2: Thundering 60-foot robot Kong of Steel. Creation of the evil Doctor Who. Criminal genius who stops at nothing. Kong. Once again. Dig. For life against the copter swan. A thousand thrills as King Kong battles the Serpent of Mondo Island. No, Hits himself against the nation's armament and plunges a beautiful girl into a world of terror. King Kong in a duel to the death.
3: That's a good choice. That's an interesting choice. An interesting choice. Uh oh. Yeah, no, no, I, it didn't even pop up on my radar, but that is an interesting choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a big fan of this film. I, I know it's got a lot of issues. You can see the seams, and it's very childlike, but you know what? I don't care. I love Rhodes Reason in it. I've got like an Italian movie poster of this film. I wow. love King Kong Escapes. And Mechanic Kong, as goofy as he looks, and as much as he looks like he belongs more at home in a cartoon, and he, well, kind of did. I. <laughs> Love that mechanicong. Without mechanicong, there'd be no mecha Godzilla. Without mechanicong, there'd be no mecha You know, I
3: love that it's the first, and it's just so awesome. I love mechanicong. It wasn't on my radar, but I, I can. Yeah, that's a great choice.
0: So, so that's my number three from the 1967 King Kong escape. So very good. What's your number three, Mitch?
3: I'm going to go a little bit outside there. Uh, I'm going to go with the drone robots from Silent Running.
2: War, poverty, and disease were gone. But so were the trees and the flowers. Universal Pictures present Silent Running, starring Bruce Dern. How far would Lowell go to save the forest? Suicide, sir. God bless you, Freeman. You're a hell of an American. From Douglas Trumbull, the man who created the special effects for 2001, comes Silent Running, a Universal Picture rated G.
3: No, it's cool outside of the classic movies, but those robots really did make an impact on me. Uh, you know, when I first saw that movie, God, I must have been, yeah, you know, 11 or 12 or so, maybe a little later. They made an impact on me. Just the design of those using, uh, people that were missing their lower extremities. I did read somewhere that the, the design was based on, uh, Johnny Eck, how he was able to walk around with his hands. So they took that as a jumping off point and, and constructed these robot suits around, uh, the performer so that, you know, basically the, the feet were their hands and they just, you know, when I first saw it, I didn't know how they did it. I just it blew, blew me away. And then when I kind of figured, when I found out, I don't know, I must have seen it in a magazine at the time. This is pre internet, mind you. The service drones or service robots from, uh, silent running, my third pick.
0: Huh. I have not seen that movie in quite some time. That's the Bruce Stern flick, right? The, the sci fi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's there's two of them Huey and Dewey.
3: There's uh, three Huey, oh, Dewey, and Louis. Oh,
0: there is a Louis? Okay.
3: Yeah. At one point, I think it's Louis. He's outside the ship and they go through an asteroid. I forget what happens. It's been a while since I've seen it. I actually want to revisit it, and that actually was released on Blu-ray, so I'll have to find that and pick that up. There you go. But yeah. but the uh, the robot's lost in space. It just gets torn off the, the outside of the ship, and that's it. Uh, the way they're able to anthropomorphize these robots, and you know, they almost had human qualities, and I'm not afraid to admit this. I got kind of choked up during the movie in a few parts with these robots, so it made a big impact on me.
0: Well, sure. I mean, that's, that's the hallmark of a great character, whether it's a human or a robot or a monster or whatever. So, no, I do remember them having quite – you know, they, they had some distinct personalities, and you mentioned anthropomorphizing them. They feel just as important to the story or, or to what's going on in terms of screen time. So, hey, yeah, solid pick, man. Silent running.
3: Yeah. Nice. Thank you. All right.
0: So my number two. I really struggled with my number two and my number one, really. They keep going back and forth in my head. But I think as of right now, now ask me again in half an hour, I'll change my mind. But <laughs> I think as of right now, my number two is going to be Gortz from the day the Earth stood still,
1: 1951. We interrupt this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic toward the east coast of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Drew Pearson. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing
2: phenomenon the arrival of a space ship in Washington. The Army has taken every precaution to meet any emergency which may develop. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. I think something is happening.
1: give you these facts but if you threaten to extend your violence this earth of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder but
2: he's a robot without you what could he do
1: there's no limit to what he could do he could destroy the earth all vehicles, close in. Let's go.
3: Good, solid choice, yes. Yeah.
0: The design of Gort, its sleek it doesn't have the rivets. It doesn't have the seams or the, you know, the clunky metal pieces or any of that. But it's definitely a robot, and it's impressive. There's a little bit of charisma to it, but it's scary as hell. It's something that I feel the remake really, really got wrong. Well, there's a lot the remake got wrong. But yeah, I- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'm a big fan of Gort in The Day the Earth Stood Still. I think without Gort, The Day the Earth Stood Still would be missing quite a bit because he's just this ominous presence and so important to the feel and the vibe of that film
3: oh i agree no i think when you say he's kind of slick and smooth you know i think you can probably attribute it to that it's an alien robot yeah it's not it's not you know something the ones i think the robots we see in the serials most of them i think were man-made and so they're clunky and riveted and everything but this one's being an alien robot i think they capture that nice aesthetic the smoothness and the just no seams it's like something that could not be human made
0: yeah and i mean it definitely has that alien feel the fact that they put lock martin in the suit who was one of the tallest you know actors they could find at the time
3: correct yeah. you know
0: you gave it this this looming, overbearing kind of feel and yeah i mean it comes from a technology that is so far beyond what we had in 1951 and even today
3: correct well even to make it seamless they built two versions of the suit they had the the suit that had the seam in the back so anytime yeah. they shot from the front you wouldn't see any kind of seam where they would get the person into it. and then when they did a shot from when, say, the robot's walking away from the camera. They didn't want to see a seam in the back, so they had the seam in the front. So they, they had these two different versions to really make it seamless.
0: That's movie magic right there. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. So, Court, my number two. What's your number two, sir?
3: Okay, well, this is where the Daleks come up. I'm going to go with the 1966 Doctor Who movie with uh, Peter Cushing. Yes! Daleks, Invasion Earth, 2150 A.D.
1: This is Invasion Earth, 2150 A.D. <laughs> This is Invasion Earth, 2150 A.D. Planet Earth has been bombarded by meteorites, subjected to cosmic rays, savagely invaded by men of steel who have no flesh to pierce, no blood to spill. This is 2150 AD, the year when human beings are turned into living dead men, robomen, the underground slaves of the world's new dictators. 2150 AD, a year that will thrill you and terrify you. No! A year of rebellion as a brave handful hold out in a last-ditch battle for human survival.
2: Attention, resist, and you will be
1: exterminated! Leading the resistance fighters is Peter Cushing, his most drill-making role. Come along! Aided by Bernard Cribbins, a reluctant traveller into the dangerous future.
2: have you seen the girl? Listen, where's the girl?
1: Ray Brooks, the boy with the neck, who doesn't find life so easy in the year 2150 A.D. Andrew Keir, Jill Kazin, Roberta Toby, all of them fighting to the death a mobilised band of burnt-out human beings, Robomen. With their flying saucers, and an army of bloodless, fleshless metal monsters. This is Invasion Earth, 2150 AD. A shattering look into the future. They're no good! The bombs are no good! <laughs>
3: Yeah, I wasn't a big Doctor Who fan as a kid. I wasn't exposed to the uh, original English uh, TV series version of it. My jumping off point was the uh, movie versions with Peter Cushing. Uh huh. So I remember seeing this movie when I was a kid and just being scared, witless. <laughs> it, it, it was really, truly terrifying. <laughs> you know, these robots w- were unlike anything I'd seen before, these Daleks. Uh, and I guess... I use the term loosely because there is something in them. But I think I'm trying to remember in the movie, I think they still, you know, they're operated by something inside. But for the most part, it's like an exoskeleton robot. Hey, it counts,
0: remember. man. It counts. Yeah.
3: But they're just truly terrifying and the way they, they had total disregard for people. And I always like when prisoner would try to run away, they just surround them and, and just hose them with the nerve gas and just mm-hmm. just brutal. You know, they shouldn't be scary. They, they shouldn't be. But they are. <laughs>
0: but they are. I mean, you just look at them, you know, not moving, not with the sound or anything. They just, like, well, you just tip them over and keep going. But... They're terrifying. My first Doctor Who experience was Doctor Who and the Daleks from 65, the first Peter Cushing Doctor Who film. And when you mentioned Daleks in our first part of our conversation, it's like, oh, man, I got to go back to that and put that on my honorable mention because that was my first Doctor Who experience. And, yeah, those Daleks are terrifying.
3: I totally agree. They did make an impact on me, and I've been a fan ever since. And that was my gateway to Doctor Who. So, you know, they're great designs.
0: Now both of those movies, the Cushing films, are on Blu-ray
3: overseas. I read somewhere there will be an American release or a domestic release at some point. But I've got the the little box set that came from um, I think it was uh, Anchor Bay. So it's got the two movies and there's a third DVD, kind of a documentary on on the making of these movies. And it's been a while since I've seen that uh, that part of it. But I I do revisit the movies from time to time.
0: Yeah, I do have the uh, the Region B. Blu-rays, and I've I've checked them both out. I've got the multi-region Blu-ray player here, and...
3: Uh, I need to buy a Blu-ray uh, multi... Uh, whatever they call it. <laughs> multi-region? Yeah. So, <laughs> Li- you know, it's,
0: it's an amazing piece of technology.
3: <laughs> yeah, I have a multi-region DVD player, so I was able to get... Uh, you know, I have a few European releases and mm-hmm. Japanese releases, but uh, I, need to, I need to make the next uh, step up to the Blu-ray.
0: You know, this is completely an aside, but there's some Blu-rays coming out in Germany that if you do get a multi-region Blu-ray tarantulas on blu-ray in germany wow and it was just announced that they're going to be putting out revenge of the creature on yeah blu-ray. i saw that one, so yeah and it's going to have a 3d version that you don't need a 3d tv to watch it's going to be the red and blue glasses version oh cool yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that. I'm watching for that one to finally go on sale, and then I'll do my best to navigate the Amazon.de website.
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know you mentioned somewhere, I think in a text or something to me, or a message uh, on Facebook, which Blu-ray multi-region player to buy, so I'll have to look that up and yeah. see if I can get my hands I, on it. I
0: highly that. recommend it, especially for these Doctor Who movies. So. And oh, Daleks Invasion Earth, I mean, you've got Peter Cushing and Andrew Kerr on
3: the screen yeah. together. I mean, it's in the same movie? Yes. Come on. So almost a, a Dr. miss. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> and uh, I just love the the movie takes place you know, in the future when, when Earth has been decimated and it's all rubble. So it, it, I love that movie. It's my favorite of the two Dr. Whos.
0: It, it's a great, great looking movie. The design yeah. is pretty cool. Well, all right. Top of the list.
3: Well, in fact, if I, oh, jump yeah. Go back, ahead. I did buy a. I don't know what scale Dale Dalek it is. It's about 12 inches tall, but it's a remote control battery operated Dalek toy that the controller is their spaceship. So it's kind of (laughs) cool. I have that. I have that in the office.
0: (laughs) Awesome. All right. My number one, Robbie, the robot forbidden planet.
3: Good choice.
2: yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Sir, we're being radar scanned. United Planets Cruiser C-57D, J.J. Adams commanding. Who are you? Morbius of the Bellerophon. Oh, Dr. Morbius, my orders are to survey the situation on Altair IV. Commander, if you sat down on this planet, I warn you that I cannot be answerable for the safety of your ship or your crew. When you reach the Forbidden Planet, you will meet Dr. Morbius, played by Walter Pigeon. The doctor is sole owner of this fabulous world. Anne Francis is his alluring daughter, Alta, who has never seen a young man till she meets Commander Adams, played by talented Leslie Nielsen.
1: Come on in.
2: Didn't bring my bathing suit.
1: What's a bathing suit?
0: Oh,
2: murder. You will meet a charming character in The Robot, able to produce on order 10 tons of lead or a slinky evening gown. Always at your service.
1: It must be the loveliest, softest thing you've ever made for me. And fit in all the right places, with lots and lots of star sapphires.
2: Star sapphires take a week to crystallize properly. would diamonds or emeralds, too. You explore all the wonders of a vanished civilization. You travel deep down into the heart of the Forbidden Planet to discover the incredible marvels of this lost genius race. These magnificent scenes in striking Eastman color stagger the imagination. Twenty miles. Look down, gentlemen, are you afraid? Seventy-eight hundred levels. Yet the wonders of the planet Altair IV conceal a strange and evil force, unknown, irresistible.
0: Robbie the Robot, Uh, he appeared in two movies, Forbidden Planet and then, was it Invisible Boy or Invisible Kid? Invisible Boy. Invisible Boy. Which I've never seen. I don't think, have you seen The Invisible Boy? I have not seen it. I've read some sources online saying that's supposed to be the same robot character, but I don't know how that would work. But it is Robbie the Robot, and if you don't know what Robbie the Robot is, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. Pause, go watch Forbidden Planet, and come back.
3: Exactly. Because
0: Robbie the Robot (laughs) is an iconic robot design. When you think 50s robots movies, I'll tell you, when I first considered doing this list with you, the two robots that came to mind were this one and then the robot from Lost in Space because they're just so iconic. Correct. Now, Lost in Space is a TV show, and it's like, well, okay, that's how I can keep them off the list and make room for something else. But Robbie the Robot is just fantastic. and. If you ever have an opportunity to see like a replica of Robbie the Robot, I did a few years ago when I went to the Sci-Fi Museum in Seattle, they had a Robbie the Robot and a Lost in Space robot set up next to each other, and they were programmed to actually have a conversation. Oh, wow. Which was pretty cool. I didn't have my recorder at the time. I wish I had, because oh. that would have been amazing to hear the different voice. They had the voices down and everything. Wow. Plus, Robbie the Robot can replicate like, what, 40 gallons of whiskey? So <laughs> so, it's, so he brings the party. So
3: Exactly. <laughs> Well, I think we're in, in line in that aspect because uh, my number one choice as well was Robbie the Robot. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, th- it was never not my first choice. That is the consummate robot in, in my book. Uh, it's just so beautifully designed. It, it's just a stunning work of art. And you know, doing a little research, I know uh, Robert Kinoshita, he was uh, attributed to the design of Robbie the Robot. And he also designed the uh, robot from Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. So there's that uh, relationship there. He also designed, uh, Robert Kinoshita designed the uh, Tobar from uh, Tobar the Great, that robot. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He designed that as well. So those are the three big robots that that we can uh, thank Mr. Kinoshita for. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correct.
0: I think you are. Now, I've not seen Tobar, but I love the trailer.
3: I just saw the trailer somewhere. I think it might have been on. I'm trying to remember where I saw it, but I had not had a chance to see that movie either. So Mm -hmm. I definitely want to search that one out. And that's like I said, I've got some holes. That's one of them.
0: Now, we're calling it Tobar, but it might be pronounced Tobir because it's robot backwards. But Right, right. You know, but, yeah, no, it's, it's a TV movie from the late 50s. He worked on a couple of movies. Kinoshita worked on a couple of movies that I really enjoy. He worked on Pharaoh's Curse, which is a mummy movie that I adore as a set designer. So... No, he definitely had the skills, and oh, wow. you know, he left us with Robbie the Robot. I mean, what a legacy.
3: I love that robot. And I, you know, looking online, uh, doing a little research for the show, there's a gentleman whose name escapes me right now. He's the Robot Man. He he actually builds replicas mm-hmm. of all these robots. Uh, Robbie the Robot, the robot from Lost in Space. He does a RoboCop, some of the serials. And uh, they're very pricey. And I'll tell you what, the first thing I'm going to buy after I went lotto is a Robbie the Robot for the basement. I just – I would <laughs> – yeah, they range from about, uh, if I remember, twelve grand to thirty-two grand, depending on what you want to do. They have, you know, they're articulated, they they speak, uh, just amazing. I want a Robbie the robot for my basement. Is that a bad thing? No, <laughs> not at all. I want one for the car. I mean,
0: what are you talking about? Give <laughs> me to the carpool lane with Robbie the robot in the passenger seat. So
3: <laughs> perfect.
0: <laughs> you, you mentioned having it talk, and I think that's one of the os- also one of the awesome things about Robbie. One of the reasons why he's so iconic. He's got that voice. Right, right. Uh, voiced by Marvin Miller, who did a lot of voice work. He actually did the narration for the Police Squad TV series, he, <laughs> so he had a lot of range as well. But yeah, that voice is just incredible and yeah, adds—it's yeah, so good.
3: The whole package, yes, I agree.
0: Robbie the robot, right there, number one. And uh, someday there will be one in Mitch's basement or garage.
3: I got to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in the basement.
0: Oh, yeah. And then, of course, he's turned up in a couple of other things as well. There's a cameo in Gremlins because Joe Dante is a huge monster kid.
3: Yep. I think there was one in Columbo.
0: Yeah. He's turned up a few places.
3: Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think the original now is owned by uh, Bill Malone.
0: I believe so. Uh, yeah, I believe so.
3: Yeah, I think he owns the original. He, I read somewhere he picked it up, somewhere in the 70s or somewhere. Yeah, but Bill Malone was a sculptor for Dompo Studios and now a, a director. He's a... Fellow monster kid, if I, I would I would oh we yeah. are to say
0: so oh yeah you, you well you can't own Robbie and not
3: <laughs> yeah you're a monster kid just that's there's no disputing that
0: <laughs> certainly certainly and apparently there's a replica at a, a museum somewhere down in Florida hmm. okay I'd, I'd like to I'd like an exact replica of that it's supposed to be like the best replica out there I don't know I got to get to Florida to find out I guess darn
3: Yeah. Well- <laughs> Supposedly, the the robot guy, I think, I want to say his name is Barton or something. But if you look up Robot Man or, or somewhere in a search, uh, you'll find the guy's website. But he, apparently, he was able to have access to the original robot. Oh, good. And so his replicas are, are dead on. Oh,
0: nice. Okay.
3: Yeah, you have to look that up. Check it out.
0: I will. I will. Now, there are just so many incredible robots out there. We can't leave some of them off. I mean, we did a top three, but we got to talk about some of our honorable mentions. We've got a few. I've got a few. I don't know how many you have that almost made the cut.
3: I've got a few. Okay.
0: Do you, you want to go first?
3: Oh, okay. I think my honorable mention, the first honorable mention, would be Gort. I think that was. Mm-hmm. I was kind of having a hard place where to place him, and, and I think just from that standpoint, he makes an honorable mention. But he's he's right up there with the rest. I think he's a great design and a great character.
0: No, Gort's solid. I mean, he yep. was my number two for a reason. I, definitely solid. So. Uh, earlier we were talking about Roman I, I, and, and Robot Monster, you know the gorilla suit bottom and all that. I <laughs>
3: love Roman.
0: I mean he's I love- ridiculous, but again this is a character I'd love to have an action figure for.
3: I want to make that little helmet. Um, yeah, and I saw a replica offered online. I think it sold out, but it was pretty pricey. But just it would be fun to have that in the in the collection.
0: You can tell you've got the right people on your Facebook friends list when you mention on Facebook that I need a gorilla suit, but I don't need the head. And people know exactly why you're talking about needing exactly. a gorilla suit without the head. <laughs> <laughs> I did find a website, like a DIY website somewhere that had a how to make your own helmet out of like a couple of globes and a few other pieces here and there.
3: Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, I think I, I saw that same one. So, yep, it's on the list to do.
0: It's probably a good reason. There's a good thing I don't have a garage because <laughs> –
3: that's where all my stuff would end up. My garage right now, I've got the robot. I've got the spider leg from the giant spider out there. I've got all my molds. It's just uh, – I've got a little corner of the garage that's just uh, packed with the stuff. And then my basement. Don't get me started on the basement.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, any other honorable mentions then?
3: The robot from Lost in Space, you know, it's a TV show, but that's just so that cool. one from my childhood that I, I always loved that robot and that design. And Again, Robert Kanishita uh, is attributed to designing that one, and, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a great – I mean, the guy I knew his robots.
0: Yeah, he knew how to make them look amazing and iconic.
3: Correct. Yeah, they're, they're just wonderful. And I actually at a convention years ago. I was able to meet uh, Bob May. He was the uh, suit actor for the robot from Lost in Space. So oh. I got to meet him. And so I've got a picture of him uh, with the robot suit up on the wall, of, the wall of inspiration in my office. So I've oh, got nice. Autographed pictures everywhere. And he's up there. So he's since passed away, but he was, uh, he was fun to talk to. And, uh, and we talked about the robot. So
0: Nice. Well, you know, we mentioned the Daleks earlier. They would have made my, my honorable mention list. But I also have on here, again, I, you know, I don't know why I gravitate towards some of the they're bad, I know, but I love them anyway type movies. 1965's Frankenstein meets the space monster. I love that the <laughs> Frankenstein android is in yeah. that thing. And I just love the way he looks. He's so destroyed from one side of his face. So when he's walking a- across the screen, depending on which profile you're looking at, he's either okay or, man, he's really messed up.
3: Yeah, he's the original Two Face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. I love that movie as well. In fact, I, you know, not not too long ago, I ran across an extra copy of that somewhere. You know, Half Price Books. I picked up from him and gave it to him. But uh, I I love that movie. It's just so so bad. It's so good. It's just yeah. No, it's it's awful.
0: <laughs> it's really not
3: that great, but. It takes it is. place in Puerto Rico, of all places. Yeah.
0: No, it's it's fantastic. I mean, James Karen is in this thing, for crying out loud. Yep. How do you get James Karen into a, a 1960s monster movie? I have no idea, but it happened.
3: He's a great character actor, but uh, he he was welcoming it. But the one thing I did like in that movie was the, the – and Chris and I had a conversation about this not too long ago for another movie idea, but I won't go any further. But Uh-oh. the monster that the Frankenstein fights, that kind of banshee like creature. I just love that when it, you know, yes. it's got all the stuff hanging off of it and it's got a skull-like face and – just a, another design I really like.
0: No, there's some really interesting designs in that. It's called Frankenstein, but it's not like somebody put somebody together with bits no. and pieces. It's an android, which is robot you know, sort of, I guess, enough for what we're talking about here. Sure. You mentioned uh, Puerto Rico. Some of the alternate titles were Mars Attacks Puerto Rico. Like, what did <laughs> Puerto Rico do? <laughs> it
3: makes make good rum, like apparently.
0: Really- yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but no, that one's a fun one. Uh, Frank, the androids played by Robert Riley, who I don't know a heck of a lot about, but I thought he did a fine job.
3: Oh, I thought so, too. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's one of those movies that every once in a while I get a craving for, and I just got to pull it out and watch it.
0: Well, the music itself, just alone, it's got a fun, bouncy soundtrack with all the weird source music coming in that you have no idea where they found it, but it fits somehow. Yep. I love
3: I it. I love it. Well, I only have one more. How many more do you have? I, I have one more. I'm going to go with the robot monster and, ah. and get just the pure ridiculousness of it uh, it, it it's and again being a kid when i first saw it movie kind of scared me a little bit it was I mean, what is this thing and why is it chasing these people and you know it was just crazy fun i've always loved that monster or that robot it's great robot monster <laughs> i must but i cannot <laughs> but i
0: must i, I mean roman
3: with a with an early elmer bernstein score too
0: yes and have you ever seen it in 3d it was originally a 3d film
3: I have not seen it in 3D. I'd love to see it in 3D. Yeah, I I would too.
0: I don't know who has the rights to it right now, but somebody's missing out. I agree. Somebody's missing out. They'd sell at least a dozen.
3: (laughs) I'd buy one. I'd (laughs) I'd definitely be the first in line to buy one.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, my last one is from a ridiculous movie. Again, I'm going to these ridiculous films, but... You know, it's whatever my show at the very beginning of all this. I mentioned Bela Lugosi and serials, and Bela Lugosi was in a movie in the. I better double check the date on that, actually. (laughs) 1952. It was originally called Vampire over London. It was released here in the States in 63 called My Son, the Vampire. It's also known as Old Mother Riley meets the vampire. It's a movie that. I feel proves that Legosi could do comedy if he wanted to, because I think he's pretty funny in it. The Old Mother Riley series of films was a, a film series in the UK. There's a, a guy dressing up as like this old woman, Old Mother Riley, in it. Ha ha, funny, funny, whatever. I guess it was successful enough to make a whole series of them. This was the last one in the run. And in it, Bailey Legosi plays like this mad scientist type because he was good at that. And there's a robot in it. It's called the Mark 1 robot. And it looks completely unique. There are some elements that You know, make sense. They're touchstones from 50s robot monster movies. But I feel like it's got some interesting features that I really enjoy. And if people haven't seen the film, I would recommend it. The title song is going to get stuck in your head. It's uh, My Son the Vampire by Alan Sherman. But I I would recommend it. And I do like the robot in that. It's kind of a one-off, but I dig it. It's got this big glass dome for a head. It's fun.
3: I'm trying to remember this now. I'm, I, this one escapes me. I've, I've never seen the movie, so I'm, I'm definitely going to look that up. But I'll look the robot up after. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I've seen stills of it, but I, I just not come into my head right now.
0: I'm a fan of it. There are some moments, there are bits of the costume that are kind of flexible, so it looks like it's rubber. So going back to that rubber kind of slick look, but it's got bits and pieces glued to it and big round eyes. So I'm, I'm a big fan. So that would be my my last honorable mention. Uh, it's nowhere near as good as Gort or Robbie the Robot, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's not possible, especially for this.
3: But uh,
0: yeah, no, I'm a big fan of this guy.
3: I got to check it out.
0: So what's coming up next for you, man? I know you said you got some things maybe happening with Chris. Uh, anything else that listeners can keep an eye out for or, or find you online or anything like that?
3: I don't really have a presence online. You can probably reach me through the euphoriacom uh, website. But otherwise, uh, just sit tight. I'm going to work on some personal projects and uh, brainstorm with Mim on, on some upcoming stuff.
0: When you're done with a movie like Danny Johnson, and it's all done, it's in the can, it's had its premiere, what do you do to relax? you keep watching these monster movies, or do you need to take a break?
3: Oh, I keep watching the monster movies. (laughs) Good man. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) There's no stopping. From outer space, they came with a dastardly plan to steal the minds of the youth. Only one person stands in their way in Danny Johnson Saves the World our hero battles strange invaders in their rampaging metal monstrosity Daddy. see prehistoric creatures come to life on the silver screen see bizarre terrifying monster
0: keep up with everything Christopher R. Mim related, and that includes Mitch Gonzalez's excellent monster work over at the website St. or follow the link in the show notes. Big thanks to Mitch for taking the time to do this episode to talk about some classic robots. You know, it was a harder list for me to come up with than I originally thought. I mean, I knew what was going to be my number one or number two. Like I said, I kind of went back and forth, but my number three was tough because really, when you start thinking about robots and classic monster movies they're all cool
1: this is the story of dracula a creature who destroys all whom he touches dracula the terrifying the feared who sleeps in the tombs of the dead by day and arises at night to inflict his terror upon the innocent and the unsuspecting
2: you must help me you you're my only help. You must. I'll help you. I
1: promise. Please try and understand. This is not Lucy, the sister you loved. It's only a shell, possessed and corrupted by the evil of Dracula. How do you destroy a fiend who has so far proven himself indestructible? Those who come to end his reign of terror stay to become his victims. Castle Dracula is somewhere here in Klausenburg. Will you tell me how I get there? You ordered a meal, sir. As an innkeeper, it's my duty to serve you. When you've eaten, I ask you to go and leave us in peace. This is the doctor who dares to challenge the vampire Dracula. This is the anguished man who fears for the lives of his beloved. The girl who is his sister and the one that is his wife. Dracula, the bedeviled master of all that is evil.
0: Here in the Portland, Oregon area, please join me at the Hollywood Theater, Tuesday, June 30th, 7.30 p.m. showtime for Horror of Dracula. It's a Christopher Lee night at the Hollywood Theater. They're going to be showing Horror of Dracula and The Wicker Man. But while I can't stick around for The Wicker Man, I knew I had to catch Horror of Dracula. And because it's a Hollywood Theater, there's a real good chance it's going to be 35mm. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. So, Horror of Dracula, Christopher Lee, on film. On the big screen with your fellow Christopher Lee enthusiasts and me and anybody else who happens to join Monster Kid Radio for the crash. What is a Monster Kid Radio crash? Well, I bring my portable recorder and I typically record before and after the show with anybody who wants to appear on the show. We've done it here on the podcast in the past. I'm looking forward to doing it again. So if you're going to be there, look me up. I'd love to chat with you, and if you're up for it, I'd love to put you on the show as well. I'm a hard guy to miss. I'm the big guy with the portable recorder and the Monster Kid radio shirt. Once again, thanks to Mitch Gonzalez for being on the show this week, and thank you for listening to Monster Kid Radio. If you need more Monster Kid Radio goodness, head over to monsterkidradio.net. This is where you're going to find everything you need to know about the podcast between episodes. There are links to everything we've got going on. Check the show notes for links to everything that we talked about specifically in this episode or – Look at that menu bar across the top. You see that? Yeah, we've got links to our Facebook group, our Patreon page, where you can become a patron of Monster Kid Radio and help support the show financially a little bit while getting yourselves some awesome rewards along the way. We have links to every song that's appeared here on the show, as well as our contact information. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 503-479-5657. That's five zero three four seven nine five MKR. Now that's a Google voicemail line, it's got a three minute limit. But you know, if you got more to say Call in more than once, and I'll stitch the voicemail together. I'd love to hear from you. If you have some favorite robots that we didn't talk about, I'd love to hear what they are, and we'll put you on an upcoming episode of Monster Kid Radio. Also on the right, you can subscribe to the Monster Rally Checkpoint monthly e-newsletter. Just punch in your email address, and once a month, you're going to get an email newsletter from Monster Kid Radio, keeping you up to date with everything going on with the show, as well as some original content. I run a column in the newsletter called The Creature Connection. Yeah, it has to do with Creature from the Black Lagoon sort of i've got some monster movie trivia in there and a few other things like the announcement that i ran last month about the upcoming dorado films podcast dorado films is your home for european gold from the silver screen you can find them at doradofilms.com there is a podcast coming produced and hosted by me this will be a monthly show and what's exciting about it is that we're going to talk about the movie Argo Man in the first episode which will be coming out later this month
2: Here he is. Watch out, for here is a superhuman with the strength of a hundred men. No one and nothing seems able to stop him invincible invulnerable argoman the fantastic superman but even he had his achilles heel a beautiful woman's kiss kill each other kill each other ah! Argo man, the fantastic Superman. Kill each other. A man gifted with such extraordinary powers that ordinary men were helpless to cope with him. Everyone and everything was pitted against him. From hired killers to the most diabolical inventions of modern science. most beautiful women bide for his favors or the chance to kill him. Kill each other. Man, the Fantastic Superman. Here is a picture which will take you on a journey out of time, carry you on a crest of thrills and laughter from start to finish. Be sure to see this Superman power. Don't miss it. We've talked about Argo
0: Man here on the show in the past, and you know I love this sexy Italian Euro crime superhero mashup. It's just a blast, and we have scheduled an interview with the man who played Argo Man himself, Roger Brown, for that episode. So check out that podcast. That's going to be a fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Next week on Monster Kid Radio, you know we could go a number of different ways. I have got about a month's worth of recordings already built up, and I'm not stopping. I've got two more recordings scheduled this weekend, so I have a ton of content to pick from. I think next week we're going to talk about the movie Frankenstein Conquers the World. And I'm not going to be doing that by myself. I will be joined by special guest Tony Wendell. He is the man behind the website... The Gigantic Project. You can find that at thegiganticproject.com. This is a blog dedicated to kaiju, mecha, and everything large. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with everybody next week on the show. In the meantime, remember that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All the original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial. No derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song Binary Beach because that belongs to the excellent band, The Tsunami Bots. You can find this song on the EP, Surfing Craze in the Robotic Age. Look up The Tsunami Bots at TsunamiBots.com or follow the link in the show notes. And when you get there, tell them that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Talk to everybody next week.